Hi, it's Zara. Let's take a mindful moment together. Let's drop those shoulders, unclench the jaw, take a deep breath, and come into center. Have you done your self-care for the day? Did you drink water? Have you been crying? Well, just wash your face. It's going to be okay. Like all my other previous guests, I met Kelsey at Zany's Comedy Club. She'll be talking to us about the importance of research in psychology. Welcome to episode five. You know what I learned once? My I was a police explorer, and I was learning how to do a federal traffic stop. Oh. And I was sitting with the at the passenger door, down with my training gun out in the middle of the door, and then my like lieutenant came across and was like, "The best cops would know to put the air conditioning towards them. So when you're sitting in like for hours and hours and hours." I was like, oh, my God. Hacks. Life hacks. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> Welcome to Therapy Hour for Halloween edition. Today's guest. Oh, wait. It's not going to be on Halloween. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I forgot it's coming out like a month. All right. Welcome to Therapy Hour. Today's guest is Kelsey Petrie. Bring it over to your host, Sarah Ahmed. Hi. <laughs> I think we're both a little nervous. Right? I know. We okay, got the giggles. Okay. So that's okay. Um, thanks for coming in and to our living room and talking to us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I met you a few years ago, and I wanted to bring you on and talk about the research that your program does. Yeah, great. So, do you want me to get into it? Or? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's start. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I am um, a clinical research coordinator at the Road Home Program at Rush. Um, so... What we do is we um, research with veterans with PTSD, community members. Um, we do like intensive outpatient programs. Um, we also do just regular outpatient programs for people with PTSD and any like comorbid diagnoses. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what? Makes sense to me. Do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of programs? So, what kind of intensive programs are there? Yeah, so we do um, our main intensive program. We call it like an IOP. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so for our IOP, we do um, the main therapy that we do is evidence-based um, cognitive processing therapy, so CPT. Um, and then we also have like some supplemental um, different things that we throw in there, like mindfulness yoga. Um, they do little like classes on like cognitive health, sleeping, stuff like that. How long is the research program? Um, so this one, so... It's kind of, it's hard to explain. So it's kind of like we do research while the veterans are in the program if they, like, consent to being in the research um, study. Oh, right. Yeah, so we do, like, um, this biorepository study um, while they're at the program. Um, what does that mean? So that one is we basically bank biosamples. So they have the option to do um, blood, saliva, or fecal, and, like, any... Um, any of those, but they have to like opt into one at least to be in the study. Um, and then I don't think I answered your question. So the program itself is two weeks long. Okay. Yeah. And then we have a one week model too. So I think I follow. <laughs> Let's recap. Steven? Yeah, isn't this your field? Well, I don't do <laughs> research, so I don't know a lot oh. of the things that she's saying right now. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you ask about the ones you don't know? Yeah. What can I clarify? So you work with, well, you... The research shows 
is the clientele is PTSD clients, right? People who have di- been diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah, so people who've had a criterion eight trauma. So in our program, um, we treat veterans and then family members of veterans. So um, specifically within the program, and then like my lab also has um, other studies that we do that's just within like the Rush Department of Psychiatry. So that one's where, I know, see, we do a lot. This is where it gets confusing. <laughs> what is a department? Is that like a part of something? Is that a serious question? Weird. What's your question, Sarah? Why don't you ask a question? <laughs> I'm distracted by the cat. Oh, sorry. Oh, the cat's okay. meowing? Oh, yeah. Well, they can't hear it, so okay, you good. have to tell them why you're distracted. Okay. The cat's I just meowing. Wanna... The cat's she hasn't like, fed them in three days. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is not true. We should just feed them. He doesn't... He just wants to get out of the room. Oh, okay. Why don't we let him out? Because then he'll be all over the equipment. Oh, okay. Okay, let's go back to the research. So, <laughs> the research... Because it's, it's a lot of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, stop using big yeah. words. You got to use smaller words. Our listeners are stupid. <laughs> it's mostly our family. Yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be my family, and they're gonna be like, Zara, don't you know this stuff? And I'm gonna be like, No, I don't. You know, know stuff. I do know stuff. Okay, so I know criteria A of PTSD, right? Yeah. So it's those intrusive thoughts. It's those, those, those symptoms. Yeah. So what is the research trying to show? Um, so the biorepository study, um, we're looking at biomarkers um, for people with PTSD. So we'll. Um, when they come to the program, we'll get like a baseline measurement. So before they start any therapy, we'll take their samples um, if they consent to it. And then after, um, like on their last day, their graduation day, we'll take another set of samples. So we want to see like if within the program there's any difference in like, oh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> so what does this, do you guys have like results yet? No. So this is How like. Long has it been? So within a biorepository, you're basically banking all those samples. So like when a researcher has a question, they can just pull all these samples and be like, and test it out. Hmm. Yeah. So there's, so there's no, no question yet. No, not yet. Good <laughs> keep grant money, right? What was that? Isn't that a good way to keep getting grant money? Sure, there's yeah. There's no end date. <laughs> so See, what's your role there? Within the like biorepository study? Yeah. So I'm like... Um, we basically will do any of the sample collection. So um, we'll, the first thing we do is like consent the participants, then we'll, um, we'll make sure like we know who we're grabbing for what samples because it gets kind of like crazy with all three. Um, so we'll grab whoever we need for blood and then we have like nurses that'll um, draw the blood. Um, for saliva, they collect it themselves and then same with fecal, they collect, collect that themselves and then bring it back to us. Hmm. And then we just like process the samples and store them. Interesting. So who is the therapy that's done in-house, the CPT? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Can you define that again? Yeah, so it's cognitive processing therapy. So you're working on, like, different stuck points that they might have or, like, um, yeah, and you're basically targeting those stuck points to try and, like, change their thoughts surrounding the trauma. Could you give an example of, like, what kind of, <laughs> what that would look like in therapy? Yeah. Because so like, I never, because I'm, like, because you mentioned DBT when we were talking, mm-hmm. and I know DBT, and I know that. Yeah. But I've never heard of this stuff, <laughs> and now I'm, like, fascinated. Yeah, okay, so DBT, so we include that within, um, so we basically have two sets of veterans that we bring in, people that have like a main combat trauma and then um, people that have like a main military sexual trauma Um, and we group them in different like cohorts is what we call it so like 
within the military sexual trauma, they receive more DBT therapy. Um, so we previously had, like in our program, we had them doing the exact same program. And then we noticed that like the results for um, the MST individuals were not as, like the outcomes weren't as great as the combat bed. There were two in two different cohorts. Yeah. And how one study was looking better, but I don't remember which one was which. Yeah, so the combat vets, um, their outcomes were better, which is, um, it's weird because you're giving people the same um, program and like you'd think that the trauma wouldn't have as much to do with it. Um, but you, we did notice that like within um, the military sexual trauma um, individuals, they, um, when we included more DBT skills and more DBT in our programming, then like their outcomes were almost exactly the same as combat vets, which was crazy. What is a DBT skill? <laughs> Do you don't remember what DBT is? It's like the only thing I talk about. No, what is it? Do you Dialectical listen? behavioral therapy. Oh, yeah, well, I know that. Well, I don't know the acronyms. Well, what is that again, just to remind me? So dialect, meaning there's two. So, like, DBT really focuses on there is two truths to... Oh, yeah, every. was this the thing I was making fun of you for? Yeah. <laughs> but oh. it, it's a lot more than that, right? So, like, I think DBT yeah. skills for trauma is a little bit different than, like, the DBT skills that I teach, which is with kids who are out of control. Yeah. So it's a little different. I mean, they experience trauma too, and I think DBT helps all around. But and a DBT skill, like, it's like the same thing as mindfulness, right? You're it's like, like so mindfulness regulation. Is part of, yeah. yeah. So the DBT has four modules. One is mindfulness, emotional regulation, interpersonal effectiveness, and distress tolerance. Right. Yeah. So you are mindful and present. Mm-hmm. You can regulate your emotions, both good and bad. Um, you can create like relationships with other people healthy and deal with like the negatives and then distress tolerance meaning that when like bad things happen where you feel that upset you can control that and all of that combines into dbt those are the four tenets of dbt four modules and you had the audacity (laughs) to expect me to remember all of that no i didn't i just was (laughs) that was so much i was like dbt i was just expecting you to remember the acronym okay will you remember the acronym dialectic behavioral trauma dialectical behavioral therapy therapy yeah and you do that with ptsd people that's not the right term people who have ptsd individuals yeah trauma exposed individuals yeah there's a lot of buzzwords (laughs) in all industries okay i just don't know these buzzwords okay we'll work on it yeah no we're here to teach you i'm sure our listeners don't know yeah all the buzzwords either yeah i promise you our listeners don't know (laughs) the four tenets of dialectical behavioral therapy you make it sound like they're in an apartment and the (laughs) Four tenants. There are, yeah. <laughs> the four, yeah. How did you get into this field? That's a great question. So I feel like I just really loved psychology ever since I started taking classes. And I kind of just wanted to know more. Your bachelor's is in psychology, right? And yeah. can I ask where you went to school? Yeah. So I started at um, community college at COD and then um, College of DuPage. And then I transferred to UIC. Oh, cool. Yeah. I also started at community college. Yeah. Yeah. I said I did FCC for two years, then University of Maryland for two years, and then graduate school for two years. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> so, um, so how did you get into this research part? That's kind of what I'm because I'm in the clinical part of this. So that's why, like, when Kelsey's talking, I don't understand everything <laughs> that she's saying. Yeah. So, and you're in the neuropsychology part of it too. Right? Yeah. Which is like a different 
there's research <laughs> and then there's neuropsychology and then there's neuropsychology research and I'm in the clinical side and I don't do any of that stuff. I'm just like really like present oriented and like tell people to breathe. I tell That's people to breathe. <laughs> just breathe. I tell people to breathe all the time. And I'm like, don't do drugs. Like, just don't do the drugs before your probation meeting. That's like my job. Yeah. I feel like I have a, my foot in a few different domains right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you fall into the research part of this? Um, so basically when I was within my bachelor's degree, um, I figured out that I wanted to do a PhD in clinical psych and basically the only way to get to a PhD in clinical psych is research, yeah. <laughs> which is fun. But, um, I ended up really liking it. Like research, clinical what? Clinical psychology. Yeah. Yeah. So is that a PhD, right? Mm-hmm. You just said that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm like, is she saying PsyD? Cause clinical PsyD is like, PsyD is a clinical doctorate. Yes. You just pay for it. <laughs> okay. PhD See? is funded usually. Yeah. Okay. And See, it's there's more, like differences. Yeah. PhD yeah, I mean, also. I haven't said anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is more clinic, clinical focused. And then PhD is more research and clinical. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's why it's funded. Cool. So you have a bachelor's. So you are pre-grad school. Yes, I'm in a weird limbo phase right now where I'm um, in full time in research and then I'm applying to grad school. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> it's like the most stressful thing I've ever done was, in my entire life. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but it was not stressful for me at all. I applied to one school, got into the school, <laughs> didn't even take the GRE. Wow. Yeah. What a life. I know. I just think How'd that I like. I feel kind of bad that I didn't try hard enough you didn't try hard enough it's just different like criteria that we had you know what yeah I mean? like, my criteria was nothing you put no. in the minimum amount of effort I put a minimum worked. amount no and then I got C's all throughout <laughs> grad school and now she has patience for clients <laughs> now I have clients and your listeners I'm, are like we love this podcast <laughs> an expert in the field <laughs> they're like they've been waiting for a guest like you they have been waiting. They're like, we're going to have someone who actually knows what they're talking about. No, but realistically, like, hearing you speak about these things, and even, like, some of your, like, even short clips that you've done, you know what you're talking about. You're I not, know what I'm talking yeah. about. You know how to Google. Then. You don't have no. to tell me. Sometimes she'll Google things in the middle of episodes. I only did that oh. the first episode when you made fun of me, but I wanted to be accurate, and I thought people did that. I think that's fair. If you want to give your listeners the best, like, yeah. the best yeah. knowledge, that's... Just Google it. <laughs> I agree. But we're here to tell you guys what to Google when you guys That's right. stop listening to this episode. <laughs> Continue listening to this episode for now. Yeah. Google later. Google later. I'll tell you what to Google later. <laughs> okay, cool. So I, um, but grad school was really, really hard. I like, I went through like easy college because I was a criminal justice degree and it was just like easy peasy. <laughs> I just didn't do anything. I don't know. It was just... You're not looking good this yeah. episode. We gotta sell you a little more. Right. Listeners, it just was a really easy program. She had an easy time in Wait, school. Wait, this was your bachelor's or your master's? My bachelor's. Okay. Then I was like, well, what do I do with a criminal justice degree? There's like nothing I can do with it. Unless you get a higher level degree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if you become a police officer or if you... That's it. 
And, like, a lot of the people in my program were, like, waiting to turn 21 so that they could be police officers in the state of Maryland. Mm. So that's why it was an easy degree. And, like, all of our professors were also police officers and, like, people in the field. So I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) I did really minimize my program. I really liked it. Yeah. And the story you told earlier was true then. I, like, really – I mean, not that I didn't think it was true. But just picturing you, like, holding a gun oh, yeah. was, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I was a police... I was a police explorer for three years. I did my internship with Maryland State Police. So, they gave you a firearm? No, they didn't give me a firearm. It oh, was okay. a training gun. That's good. What is this a training gun? Like a Nerf gun? No, it's just a color... Does it fire block. bullets? It doesn't fire anything. Oh. It could fire. Tar- so it could fire. It's less lethal than a Nerf gun. Yeah, there's like two different kinds, I guess. Okay. I really wish everyone could have seen Stephen's face when he pictured Tara with the gun. The gun, yeah, it's <laughs> terrifying. I would trust you. Have you guys not shot a gun? Have you shot a gun? No, never. Really? I'm have a pacifist. Yeah. Have you really shot a gun? I've shot a gun, yeah. Like in a, at a range? Yeah, in like a controlled setting, oh, okay. not like. I don't know. <laughs> Like on the south side? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Could you imagine Kelsey? What, robbing a 7-Eleven? On the south side. Oh. Just by herself with a gun. Just please, please give me the money in the register. I don't think so. I think Kelsey would probably show us up. What? I could be she would execute one of the clerks and then <laughs> the other one would get in line? I, I think she would hold her. Okay. Hold her ground. I can be tough when I need to. Bonus Patreon content. I'm just very Kelsey's going to rob a 7-Eleven. <laughs> we use Kelsey's real job's name, so let's stop. Oh, are they that. listening? Oh, are they okay. going to listen? I don't know. <laughs> okay. When you were explaining why you do what you do, it sounded like you kind of fell into your job. Did it? It did. Oh. So maybe, hopefully, they won't listen. Darn. How long have you been doing this? How long have you been in research? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I think since 2017 is like three years. Yeah. yeah. And now you're looking for a graduate program? Yeah. So I first I was volunteering um, and then I ended up getting offered a job where I was volunteering at UIC. Um, and then once I realized like um, I had a really great mentor and um, I really liked what I was doing. They taught me like neuroimaging. It was really cool. And then I realized like the type of research just wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. Um, so then like when I went to her home, it was really cool because I was able to see like veterans with TBIs and like... Um, TBI, yes. traumatic brain injury. Yes, thank you for catching me on that. <laughs> I knew that one. Yeah, so that was really like where I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, but. You don't know that until you have those other experiences, you know? Right. Yeah. I did, well, exactly. So I did all this work with the police, <laughs> and then I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to be a police officer, but I wanted, I was like a big mental health advocate, and I was like, I have this passion, but I never ever thought of me being like a therapist, but I always helped people. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what if I help the people that need help the most? Yeah. Comedians. That's really beautiful. Criminals. Criminals. <laughs> Some are also comedians. They are, using yeah. her other job, Sorry. I think. Yeah. We'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah. So I have multiple areas of clients I could help. Yeah. You know. So I think. So well, given to your point that you were saying that, um, 
some people just fall into this or they know yeah yeah I feel like sometimes you don't know and then once you have an experience like that you're like oh this is maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing instead yeah so why are you going to grad school a few years later when did you graduate college 2018 okay yeah so I usually so within um it's kind of like a so you're doing research and one year of school because you started research in 2017 so you were doing yeah one... I'm doing it as like a class oh okay yeah. cool okay that makes sense do you think you caught her in a lie there <laughs> no, the timeline doesn't add up I was like that's a lot to do for one person oh and work at Fanny's but oh yeah you yeah. did work at Fanny's <laughs> Everyone on every guest on this show works at Zanies <laughs> or has worked at Zanies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have any other friends. That's my only community is Zanies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad that I met you. But we have so much in common. <laughs> well, in terms of like field. Um, okay, so you so why wait for grad school? That's yeah, my question. That's a great question. So basically, um, when you apply to PhD programs, it's really really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you have to have some sort of research experience, um, and usually they want like multiple different types of experience. Um, you also want to have like presentations and publications, so that takes a little bit like a little bit of time to do. Um, so that is why I've been trying to amp up like my different experiences and make sure I have like um, what I need. Awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) So do you want to do clinical? Do you want to do treatment? I do. I I kind of want to do it all. Yeah. (laughs) I want to do like research and clinical. And provide the treatment and then write the papers about it (laughs) and then help and then solve all their problems and yeah I don't know where I'm gonna have time to have a life and yeah and be their doctor (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and the thing with neuropsych too so like I don't know if I said this but like um I want to end up as a neuropsychologist um which is like extra (laughs) extra like internship after um after grad school and then um a different licensing exam too on top of your already Mm-hmm. So you have to have a license to be a what what would it be a clinical PhD? Yeah, a clinical psychologist, and then you have to you have to be licensed to be a neuropsychologist. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that my license was bad, <laughs> but I got one license. <laughs> I did not like grad school. How long is your program? It'll be um, so it's. You're doing like schooling for the first few years, and then you're into your um, like, so within, let me start over. So within the PhD program, you get a master's. So that's why you usually like don't have to go into it with your master's um, because it's like part of the program. Um, so you do like a normal like master's dissertation, and then um, you'll do like um, a practicum. So two years, okay. <laughs> don't PhDs take like seven years? Well, she's about to it's tell like us. Six. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got surprised at two years. Because, no, because you get a master's degree. And I was like, yeah. oh, I have one. Right, within it, yeah. 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 <laughs> you, I'm always skeptical of your degrees. Why? Why? I don't know. Did you go to school for two years for your master's? Yeah. Okay. All of your certificates seem made up to me. The way you explain them. Oh, my and God. Just, what? what certificate? Oh, my license? Just every, yeah, everything about your schooling is very convoluted. Yeah. I actually can't even get 
access to my transcript right now, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, there That's you like go. the big reason why I moved back to Illinois, because I couldn't get access to my transcripts. Oh my gosh, wait, and you're... I hated grad school. Call them Are out. Are you L- LCPC? Yeah. Okay. And a night manager at Zanies. And I will be an LCPC for at least another year. Okay. So I'm excited about that. Why do you say it like that? Because I can't get access to my transcripts, so... It's not a lifetime thing? You have to get recertified? Yeah, you have to oh. like re. You have to like have CEUs, which I think I have all of them. And then you have to get supervision around like certain things. You have to take certain classes, and then you get re after two years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I think once you're a psychologist, you're just a psychologist, right? You still have to do continuing education. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's like um, Oh, you were talking about, um, before we were all rudely interrupted, about um, how long, it was me, I interrupted (laughs) the master's degree. I was really excited about that. So so it's two years of a master's, and then what? And then it's practicum, you were saying? Yep, so you you have practicum, and then, um, so you basically have, like, a type of internship within the program um, itself, and then you will have, like, your, like, practicum, and then you have, like, an internship within the program. Um, and you'll also have like what they call an externship, so you'll be able to go to a different site and then have different experiences there. Yeah, that's really cool. So then, how long is the application process? Um, I mean, so whenever you start, you start, but like um, the applications are due December first, and then like depending on when you take the GRE, usually, so the GRE can last for like five years. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever you take that. But people start prepping, I want to say, like, four to five months out. Wow. How long have you been prepping? Um, Four to five months out? No, just kidding. I am such a procrastinator. I (gasps) I know. You haven't even started yet. No, of course I did. And one month out. Just not you, Zara. Oh, my gosh. That would be... It's October. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's it's October 31st. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of these things, so, like... um, it kind of stinks because a lot of these things you have to have multiple rounds of edits like on your personal statement and like make sure it's um you're able to submit it and it's like up to it's a good quality you know so like you're going through multiple rounds of edits for all these things and you really have to like start early otherwise you may just... i'm gonna ask you a question you don't have to answer it okay but what's your personal statement about Oh, so yeah, I can answer it. So it's pretty much just like um, it goes through your experiences and how you've um, how you've gained basically how you've gained experience throughout your career, and then like what led you to wanting to do exactly what you want to do. So mine is like more specifically about like what led me to neuropsychology. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Have was that re- sufficient? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever applied to grad school? No, I haven't. Although I still have time, apparently. Maybe this is the year. How, do, are the applications expensive? Are you applying in clinical psych? Well, it's all the same price, right? No. How much does it cost? I you mean, applied, Zara. How much is it? I think it was like $50 when I applied. Per application? Yeah. And then you, but you, I you applied apply to one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now yeah, I mean, I could probably dollars. swing a couple applications, yeah. Yeah. And then you like, this year... It's kind of lucky because some schools are not, they're waiving the GRE. 
So like, oh. that's another fee. And then you also have like sending transcripts. That's another fee. And then you apply to a school that's in a contentious area. Kenosha, Ferguson. People don't want to go there, but I'll go there. I mean, Is that where you're applying? No, it's on. Well, that was my like, plan. That's I, plan. <laughs> I apply to wherever the riots are heaviest. Wow. And then no one wants to go to Ferguson Community College. So why would you apply there? Oh, God, this is awful. What are we at? Twenty nine minutes. All right, I good. Ferguson Community College is a PhD program, but I they could might. be wrong. Yeah. No, what he's saying is that he would be there, right? He would rather be there for grad school. Yeah. The joke was that I would, <laughs> I would apply in areas where there is political turmoil because oh. students don't want to go to those schools, like Kenosha, because there was recently that triple homicide with Kyle Rittenhouse. Do you want to ask the questions? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I think okay. we're bringing on... Yeah. I thought you were about to like talk about her PTSD No, I wasn't. I, was, I made a joke. Sorry, I have this a really podcast hard time. sucks. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I have a really hard time with dark jokes. I don't always get them. That's I'm okay. That's fine. <laughs> Kenza, Kenza, can you come come down here, Kenza? <laughs> Let's go back to grad school <laughs> applications. Yeah. Why don't you you take the lead here, Zara? <laughs> it was a good joke. Thanks. This is that's okay. <laughs> Let's go back to grad school applications. Um, so I feel like I didn't apply to a good grad school, but I also think that they were a private. They are a private school, and they took all my money, mm. and I owe them more money now. <laughs> and like, I can't get my access to my transcripts. So I couldn't move. I like moved back home like yeah. in 2018, and I went to grad school again because it was like, oh, let me just get a second master's degree for no reason at all. <laughs> I had no reason. I was like, I just want to do something different. I got laid off here, so I wanted to go and just change my career. Yeah. And then it didn't work out. What was it in? It was industrial psychology. Oh, I know. Yeah, industrial organizational psychology, which I really like the concept, right? Yeah. This idea of, like, how to make businesses do better and make more profit and be successful, but I feel like I'm... I'm, like, community mental health all the way. Yeah. Well, you seem so passionate about it, too. Like, I feel like IO is, like, something that it's, you have to have a passion for it. Otherwise, like, because it's so business-heavy, yeah. like, it can... And very rigid. Yeah. It's a very rigid type of thinking, I think, for psychology. Maybe. I think, like, maybe you can have, like, I don't know, not so rigid of ideas that you contribute to it maybe but like yeah yeah but yeah I see what you mean like it is kind of more structured yeah it was like it was weird because like in my in bachelor level classes I would bring mental health into like my classes and people like didn't understand it and they didn't really like talk about it and then in grad school I brought like my I brought like this really pro police perspective that a lot of people didn't understand. And then, like, in this I.O. program, I was, like, bringing clinical stuff into it. No one was, like, everyone was, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We've never had therapy before. I was, like, I'm a therapist. Oh I can't God. think anything outside of therapy. I'm, like, trying to give business therapy. And that's not the program. So I dropped out. 
So because I dropped out, I owe them money, and now <laughs> I can't get access to my transcripts. Wait, but to spin that in all those situations, you were bringing, like, something that they didn't have to those programs. Yeah. That's kind of beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for... That was a really nice reframing. Thanks. Really You're going to be such a good clinician one day. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so your goal is to do... Um, to have to do the service I don't know to have clients to have patients to provide therapy yeah so my big big dream is to have like to be a neuropsychologist so I can assess um, so I can assess for like traumatic brain injuries TBIs and um, then also treat so I want to do cognitive rehab um, so that's like um, assisting people that have these um, traumatic brain injuries and trying to help them with their with their daily living so like something that we see in our program a lot um and we do provide assessments but it's such a short time frame that they're with us like it's not really feasible to provide these extra services and then we fly them in from everywhere so like they could be going back to somewhere that they can't really like come back to the program easily if that makes sense um but yeah so like um they leave like having these residual symptoms of um, traumatic brain injury, even though like the PTSD treatment will help with some of those things like sleep, um, different things like that, memory issues. Um, I want to like help with those issues that they still, that still remain after PTSD treatment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing God's work out there. Do people say that to you? People say that to me all the time. Oh, that's <laughs> I thought it would be appropriate to say right now. Who, you're like your your clients? No. Or their parents? Yeah. Aww. Like other people are like, oh, you're doing you God's, do God's work. work. Telling those kids to breathe. Yeah. That's her job. She goes, she count to ten. Things. Just count to ten. Take this because toy. Because they're eight-year-olds. Yeah. But you give them things that, like, help them when they're fidgety. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. It's you. Do you know what mindfulness is? And the kids are like, I don't give a shit at all. And then they're running around. They are running around. And then they like, and then it's telehealth is so hard because then they like carry their phone from one place to another and it's like this. Wait, can I ask what what has your experience been with telehealth? Because that's. Ooh, it's been so difficult for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kids just don't show up. How do you tell a kid who is on the computer for seven hours a day to do another hour with me after school? Right. Yeah. Where we talk about like bad stuff. Right. You know, it's hard. It's hard to get them to engage. I've been struggling. Um, with the younger kids, I've cut sessions, so that's helped. Okay. So instead of, but that I'm lucky because I don't have like a productivity target. My like salary doesn't depend on it, but I do these like I pick up therapy clients here and there. I'm primarily a case manager, so I have a very different role. Okay. Which Stephen, I don't think understands because what? some of the kids that I'm just telling them to breathe is because I'm their case manager. I'm not their therapist. I'm not doing like. You don't have to tell me. I used to teach piano to kids. It's very hard. Yeah, <laughs> it is very hard. It is. Kids are yeah. difficult people. Yeah. Especially the ones that are bad, <laughs> like bad kids. And I was teaching them piano. You know, something useful. I can't imagine if I had to do what you were doing. Wow. Well. <laughs> Teaching them how to breathe here and there. Zara, can I ask you what it's like to have a comedian as a co-host? <laughs> yeah, Zara, what's it like? Isn't it just nonstop laughs? It is. Because I do jokes and no one laughs, and then there's like 10 seconds of dead air. 
It's non-sap roasts. 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 Comedy. Hashtag comedy. Hashtag comedy. Tweet us. Do we have a Twitter? I don't. Ha- we don't. Don't have tweet a us. We don't have a Twitter. That's not us. Kind of but like we have an Instagram. Insta us. Yeah, it did bring us all together. Yeah. That's, That's true. That's our community. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to contribute to it. We have been contributing, and we're just learning what Kelsey does. Yeah. Okay. I make you laugh all the time. That's true. <laughs> you can you can be a comedian in like your own personal life setting. It doesn't have to be specifically on stage. You sound like one of those people in the office that's like, <laughs> I'm the funny one. And it's like, no, nah, man. You just read a Garfield cartoon to me. <laughs> Is that what you do? Do you have cartoons like at your workstation that you cut out of the newspaper? No. <laughs> okay. You have a good relationship with the people that you work with, right? Because I've seen it on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I like. So I got, how do you guys? Sorry. No, I just cut you off. <laughs> it's okay. I got really, really lucky with uh, my mentor. He is like the best human, but also like an amazing clinician and and mentor. So I don't know how I got so lucky to work with them. And then, yeah. So how do you and your coworkers deal with the heaviness it brings? on from the research and how do you guys kind of like I guess to Steven's point of like bringing humor into it like is that appropriate yeah I mean so I feel like um it is kind of difficult sometimes especially like when COVID hit with um one of our studies we do um phone screens and we will ask them about their traumatic event so that's not normally something that like we will do as like research assistants, but as like um, when you're assessing for these things, like seeing if people are eligible for a study, it is something that you do a little more. Um, Cause usually it's like something that maybe you would do like in a clinical setting, right? Yeah. Like telling, talking to people about their trauma. But um, yeah, I think I've definitely had my fair share of like difficult experiences and like you don't really think about it which is really good. You don't think about it until it's over. Yeah. So like when you're done talking to them and you're like, oh, okay, that was heavy. <laughs> but yeah. like, which is good because then I know that like in that moment, I was able to like handle myself and like make sure I could get through that situation with them. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you kind of take care of yourself? And like, what do you and your coworkers do? Yeah, I mean. To cope with that. I don't know. I couldn't give you like a really concrete answer on that. I think we are pretty close, which we're lucky to be so close. But um, so we, I feel like we know each other a little bit better than maybe your average coworker. So like I can tell if like maybe my coworkers had me a hard day and like had a yeah. difficult phone screen or something. Like maybe we'll just go easy or like we'll be like, why don't you like head home for the rest of the day or you know yeah. things like that. But yeah, there's no real like solid like concrete examples I feel like do you do mindfulness <laughs> do you practice the DBT practice skills that, that they <laughs> that they teach you I don't teach <laughs> you don't what I do you don't. mean you don't just say you do you really don't the things you teach your I'm, clients you don't do I came on this podcast to be honest <laughs> <laughs> what kind of answer was that <laughs> <laughs> what kind of co-host just say yes <laughs> Okay, so you don't do DBT. I don't, but I do practice mindfulness. Like, I'll do it in my car um, sometimes in the morning, like, when, like, maybe I'm having a difficult day or whatever, and I'm just like, okay, like, and you set your intentions, you know, like, 
set my intentions usually for patience yeah <laughs> understanding stuff like that but yeah see she does practice it yeah okay I don't, yeah <laughs> i just look at the levels um I the one thing that I love about DPT is is that like as a clinician you're supposed to take on those skills. Yeah. So like that's my favorite thing is that I'm like learning a lot about myself during this program. Um, I'm really new to my program at, at like teaching DPT and doing DPT th- therapy. I have a really very difficult client right now that I don't. What's their name? Stresses me Hippo. out. <laughs> Yeah. Let's put our their phone number out so no. people can call so, them. <laughs> I'm not even gonna put my name with my company out there. I don't want anyone to know where I work. Okay. But yeah, I mean, how do you handle that? Because that's something that I haven't had to experience because I'm not a not a clinician. So I have weird boundaries. Like I have really really strict boundaries, and then I have like really loose boundaries with like some people, right? Okay. And like that's both personal and professional. <laughs> so. <laughs> both ways (laughs) and I had a client this is like I don't I experience it a lot with my teenagers where they like remind me of my 16 year old sister all the time and I'm like oh my sister says this oh my sister does this oh my sister really like (laughs) likes when she does this right and these kids are like who the is your sister (laughs) um which she's gonna come on the podcast so that's gonna be fun um but where I was going with that was is that um so I feel like transference with them and then like I get really if they're annoyed I get really annoyed and I need to like watch that so like things that I do is like I'll like I don't know I guess I don't do anything come on guys are you serious it is yeah it's hard both of you don't do do this stuff what do you do well I'm not a professional (laughs) therapist but like Stephen goes on walks like he has like I walk for hours every day. Yeah. Yeah, six or seven hours every day. Really? No. God, this podcast sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> every, time, every time I make a joke. Really? What? Okay. I would listen to it. <sighs> Continue, Zara. Um, <laughs> no, you threw me off. Okay. You continue. Well, you guys, neither of you do DBT, the thing we spent the first ten minutes talking about. Are you serious? <laughs> no, we do. I... <laughs> I, so I'll do breathing exercises, but I don't do them as often as I should, as often as I preach to do them. Right. Right? How often are you supposed to do them? As needed, I guess. Oh. But you should do them all, all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're breathing all the time, so you might as well That's make it mindful. For our listeners, don't stop breathing. <laughs> Just keep, keep breathing. breathing. Don't stop. You'll die. Just keep breathing. I feel like that's kind of the irony, though, of being like... A clinician? A, yeah, a therapist or a clinician, because you, like... Even sometimes, like, you hear about those therapists or clinicians oh. that go to therapy and then they feel so, like, they struggle with it because yeah. they're like, I should know these things. Yeah. But it's hard to to put that on yourself as well, to be like, oh, I know these skills. And, Thank like, you, Kelsey. Let me use it for myself. She caught. She uh, caught I don't like that she's always sticking up for you, but <laughs> it is strange that I practice mindfulness more than either of you. Well, I think that, like, one thing I love to do is, like, watch mindless TV. Like, okay. I love The Bachelorette. I do that, too. I okay. love keeping up with the Kardashians. I love any mindless TV. Is that a coping mechanism? Yes. Your okay. brain's not working. You're just like... Yeah, it's like toss. Yeah. present. Okay. Yeah. And you can like pay attention to stuff. You can listen. You can use your senses, but you don't have to like be with it. Yeah. Where like when you're processing someone's trauma, 
you have to be present with them and what happens is is that you experience what they're experiencing sometimes so the trauma will come back up it'll like rise to the body and they'll start experiencing those symptoms and then you absorb that energy so I like to have boundaries, right? Like I like to, I feel like I have strict boundaries. I think that they're loose sometimes with some specific clients, but it's only loose in terms of me getting agitated, not me getting sad. I always get agitated and angry at clients. I never get like sad with them. Okay. I think I protect myself a little bit more. Yeah. But you're like obviously good about not letting them know that. Yeah. 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 No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I, oh my God. Yes. I am a good therapist. Yeah. I needed to clarify this. <laughs> Zara, yeah, is a good you therapist. You sound like you Despite what she says. And she I was is. like, I know this is not what but she But other clinicians would say, like, okay, so I posted this, like, TikTok video. <laughs> and it was, like, it was basically this little video where the first part was, okay, we have 15 more minutes. Like, is there anything you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, I saw it. And then the next sketch is, like, oh, yeah, I want to kill myself. Because it's, like, what happens in sessions. Yeah. Like, the last few minutes... People are like, oh, yeah, also, I have to do this. And then you're like, oh, we had a whole hour and we didn't talk about anything. You oh. could have talked about that whole You could have told me an hour ago. Why is it like when I'm leaving, you have to tell me this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh so that's, God. so you just have to be, I don't know, I find humor. And what do you do in that situation? Do you talk to them longer than the session would go? Yeah, you do a safety plan. I'll ask them questions. So I'll ask their, like, seriousness, their intent to their. You'd be like, you jk <laughs> Yeah. Are you for you real? just kidding? Okay. You're right? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever do like a crisis response plan with them or anything? Or, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Or I would like have them contract for safety. Okay. Did you know I'm a crisis counselor now? I didn't know. Yeah. Oh. I work overnights at a hospital in Chicago. This is your third job. This is, yes. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering how expensive that. grad school is, yeah. <laughs> Zara has three jobs, including Just, the graveyard shift. Yeah, on a weekend. Just to terrify me a little bit more about it. <laughs> about who, who? This is just a master's degree. Imagine if you had more than that. I'm still gonna be applying, but <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You, you won't should. shake me. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm scared of grad school. I don't think I'd ever go back. No. <laughs> no. She's applying. Yeah. Why are you saying this? Well, because I'm just on a different <laughs> career path. I would never need to go back to grad school. Just think, if you get your master's someday. You could look like Zara over there, <laughs> deep in debt, hosting a podcast. I think as much as that's Zara making no jokes. money, making zero money. <laughs> as much as Zara jokes, she she is a great clinician. I'm gonna assume. Based Thank on, you. Like your knowledge. But I got I got a three point seven eight out of five on my annual review. Oh, I saw that you posted that. That's if you were an Uber driver, they would have fired you. Three point seven. Is that true? Right. They all, all my Uber drivers have 4.9s and 5s. Yeah. I heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true, if like you get below a certain amount of stars, then you have a really hard time getting like people to ride with you because people have such high ratings. I don't know if it's true. Well, that was my point, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I have the DBT handbook right here. I, I have just an adolescent. C- CPT one. Yeah, my adolescent book is right there. 
it's different and I'm like I'm trying to figure out how to communicate with kids I'm having a very difficult time over telehealth I think when I was like in the community I was doing so much more and I like would bring toys and I would bring things I would bring food and I'd be like okay let's do this together you know let's do this exercise together I had a girl who I'm doing therapy with and I was like okay do you want to start a mindfulness she was nah <laughs> yeah that's exactly the right answer as a kid as a kid you have to be in the room yeah so I was like okay and then like at the end I was like I came back to her. I was like okay but next time I really want to do a mindfulness we have to if we're gonna do this together we have to plug that in yeah. <laughs> and she goes okay we will in her defense so, she did answer honestly she did right? and I was like oh cool I wasn't expecting that and she like laughed so I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is I didn't hard shame to, like, her engagement yeah it's been tough to answer your question from earlier about telehealth, it's been tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we so we started, like, a virtual um, intensive outpatient program for when um, COVID was happening and we weren't bringing veterans in. And, yeah, I think it was hard because people – it's a different platform that you're, like, receiving therapy on. So it's difficult because it's so much more impersonal. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like people are already – struggle with talking about their trauma and then you want them to do it over a computer as opposed to like I don't know I feel like it's harder with like rapport right build rapport and then we have I'm doing intakes yeah yeah we had a really hard time with um we give them um assessments so every day they receive an assessment or two um just to track symptom um symptom reduction and we had a really hard time with getting people to complete it yeah because they don't they technically don't have to if like they're not being like usually we'll have hand ipads to them every morning and they complete it there but like if you're not there in person they definitely yeah. don't have to do it so similar to your kids it's like oh. <laughs> yeah but it's uh, yeah adults and kids they just don't <laughs> listen yeah or they have a hard time with it and they're like i don't want to do it yeah I have a girl that like she just refuses to come to therapy because she's like we talk about bad stuff mm. and I'm like but we don't <laughs> we don't talk about anything yeah but she's like worried because that's the space that, like that's what the meaning of therapy is so right. little does she know it's just breathing it's just you looking at your computer going breathe that is keep how breathing is. I'll bring you a toy that's Zara I hear her through I the walls them. doing therapy Breathe and I'll bring you a toy. That's not good. <laughs> Thank you for coming on to our podcast. You did it. You did it. It was good. Can you tell us things that you do? Well, we already talked about it. You're... Yeah, she had nothing. Neither of you do anything. Yeah, so good. I practice mindfulness. Okay. <laughs> I watch a lot of mindless TV. What do you do, Steven? We did. I go for walks. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Review. Is that mindfulness, though, watching, getting high and watching reality TV? Is that the message we want to put out to our listeners? Yeah, it's like, oh, be better. <laughs> be better, guys. Don't be like both of the guests. What's be like Steven. Be like What's Steven. What's your cousin's name? Can we edit that out? Yeah. Keep it in, Kenza. Kenza, keep it in. Kenza, <laughs> keep it out. We're going to just start, like, speaking to her through the yeah. last. Kenza, it's Steven. Kenza, keep it in. They can't hear me. Keep it in. Oh, oh my God. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> thank you for having me. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs>